Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And today is going to be a very good day for us because we're going to reach into darkness and pull out a man by the name of Willie Lynch. Was he real? His letter surely created a lot of controversy between our people. A letter that sprang up during the civil rights era. I heard of it in the late 60s, early 70s. And at the time, it made a lot of sense. And because it made a lot of sense, our people took it on as the gospel. So today, we're going to pull Willie Lynch out of the darkness and have quite a conversation about him. And I'm going to let you decide, is he fact or fiction? Regardless of the economic prosperity enjoyed during the African slave trade and the tedious burden placed upon the backs of African people, most will agree that the psychological damage and atrocities inflicted on black people during that point of time was the most truly outrageous examples of injustice and oppression ever experienced by humanity. The Willie Lynch letter, though painful to read, provides important documentation of the cruel mentality exercised by slave traders and owners of his day. The speech was delivered by Willie Lynch on the bank of the James River in the colony of Virginia in 1712. Lynch was a British slave owner in the West Indies. He was invited to the colony of Virginia in 1712 to teach his method to slave owners there. The term lynching was supposedly derived from his name. So, my friends, I'm going to read the Willie Lynch letter, The Making of a Slave, and I'm going to read it word by word, and then I'm going to pick it apart and try to find the flaws in it. The Making of a Slave, and I quote, December the 25th, 1712, Gentlemen, I greet you here on the banks of the James River in the year of our Lord 1712. First, I shall thank you, the gentlemen of the colony of Virginia, for bringing me here. I am here to help you solve some of your problems with slaves. Your invitation reached me on the modest plantation in the West Indies, where I have experimented with some of the newest and still the oldest methods of control of slave. Ancient Rome would envy us if my program is implemented. As our boat sailed on the James River, named for our illustrious king, whose version of the Bible we cherish, I saw enough to know that your problem is not unique. While Rome used cords of wood and crosses for standing human beings along its highways in given numbers, 
You are here using the tree and the rope on occasion. I caught the whiff of a dead slave hanging from a tree a couple of miles back. You are not only losing valuable stock by hanging, you are having uprisings. Slaves are running away. Your crops are sometimes left in the fields too long for maximum profit. You suffer occasional fires. Your animals are killed. Gentlemen, you know what your problems are. I do not need to elaborate. I am not here to enumerate your problems. I am here to introduce you to a method of solving them. In my bag here, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that if installed correctly, it will control the slaves for at least 300 years. My method is simple. Any member of your family or your overseer can use it. I have outlined a number of differences among the slaves and make the differences bigger. I use fear, distrust, and envy for control. These methods have worked on my modest plantation in the West Indies, and it will work throughout the South. Take this simple little list of differences and think about them. On top of my list is age, but is there only because it starts with an A. The second is color or shade. There is intelligence, size, sex, size of the plantation, and status on the plantation, attitude of owners, whether the slaves live in the valley, on the hill, east, west, north, south, have fine hair, coarse hair, or is tall or short. Now that you have a list of differences, I shall give you an outline of action. But before that, I shall assure you that your distrust is stronger than trust and envy stronger than abulation, respect, or admiration. The black slaves, after receiving this indoctrination, shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-generating for hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black male and the young black males against the old black males. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves, and the light-skinned slaves versus the dark-skinned slave. You must use the female versus the male, and the male versus the female. You must also have your white servants and overseers distrust all blacks, it is necessary that your slave trust and depend on us. They must love, respect, and trust only us. Gentlemen, these kits are your keys to control. Use them. Have your wives and children use them. Never miss an opportunity. If used intensely for one year, 
the slaves themselves will remain perpetually distrustful of each other. Thank you, gentlemen. Unquote. So there you have it, my friends. The Making of a Slave by Willie Lynch. Do you believe it? Does it work? It has somehow sustained itself in our society for years. And we as a people have used it against each other for years. In society during slavery, the light-skinned women and light-skinned men were used to work in the house. They were the pretty niggas, the ones that wore the latest hand-me-down clothes because they had to look good when the owner's friends came around. They wore dresses and blouses and shoes. But the dark-skinned, robust Negroes were put in the field to toil and use their backs, whereas the house Negroes ate the best food because they cooked the best food and they had the leftovers from the master's dinner. So now we have two classes of slaves and conflict between those two classes arose. Did the house Negroes think they were better than the field Negroes? Did the field Negroes envy the house Negroes? Of course they did. Light-skinned people have been pitted against dark-skinned people since that time. How long did it take before you saw a dark-skinned woman on TV? If you think about it, how many dark-skinned women are making movies? or starring on TV today, I can think of only one. How many dark-skinned news anchors? I can think of only one. 200 years ago, my great-grandmother would say, Mary, you're a light-skinned woman, boy, so you can have pretty kids with good hair. Good hair? What exactly is good hair? Do you remember the movie by Spike Lee, School Days? where it pitted the light-skinned sorority against the dark-skinned sororities. And if you were dark-skinned, you couldn't get in the light-skinned sororities and vice versa. And will someone please tell me what happens to all the great actresses in Hollywood after they reach the age of 35? How is it that they can only get work if they were a claimed superstar. So are the things in Willie Lynch's letter true? Has this letter systematically divided our people? You know, it seems it has, but the letter itself, I believe, is a hoax. And every historian that I have looked up and read thinks that it is a hoax. So if Willie Lynch didn't write it, who wrote it? How did it come into being? Long ago, I stopped listening to sentences that began with the problem with black people is or end with. And that's why black people can't get ahead today, which partially explains my initial indifference to the now famous William Lynch speech. In the few years since that speech uh, how to Train Slave first appeared, it has been cited by countless college students and a black member of the House of Representatives. 
And it seemed no one seemed to stop and say, okay, this letter was discovered. It wasn't discovered. It just simply appeared bypassing the official historical circuits and making its way directly into the canon of American racial conspiracy. And it's filled with references that are questionable, if not completely inaccurate. He makes references to an invitation reaching him on his modest plantation in the West Indies. While this is theoretically possible, the plantation system was well established in the Caribbean by 1712, and most plantation owners weren't there. They remained in their colonizing country while the day-to-day affairs of their holdings were run by hired managers and overseers. And then he keeps mentioning slaves which again is possible, though it is far more likely people doing this era would refer to persons in bondage simply as Negroes. Then he said ancient Rome would envy our program if it is implemented, but the word program did not enter the English language with this until 1837. At the time of this speech, it would be used only to reference a written notice for theater events. And then two paragraphs later, he says he will give an outline of action for slaveholders. The word outline had appeared only 50 years earlier and at that time was only used as an artistic term meaning sketch. Even more preposterous is his use of the terms indoctrination and self-fueling. Indoctrination did not appear in the English language until 1832. The second didn't even enter the language until 1811, a century after the proportion date of Lynch's speech. And more obviously, Lynch uses the word black with an uppercase B to describe African Americans more than two centuries before the word became to be applied as a common racial identifier. My friends, there is so many pits in this letter that I could go on and on, even thinking that the word lynch came from this William Lynch. Not until the 1880s, after the end of Reconstruction, did lynching become associated with African Americans. I myself don't believe it. I think it is a hoax, although the Willie Lynch speech would seem to give quick and easy explanation of the roots of our much laminated black disunity. It presumes that whites or any other diverse groups do not face divisive gender issues, generation gaps, and class distinction. Willie Lynch offers no explanation for the white pro-lifer who guns down a white abortion provider or white-on-white domestic violence. He does not explain political conflicts among different Latino groups or crime in Asian communities. Black people are no more disunited than any other group of people and a lot more united than we give ourselves credit for. So there you have it, my friends. The Willie Lynch letter. What do you think? 
I would like to know, please email me at bigbowshow at yahoo.com. I will read your comments to my other listeners. What do you think, Harry Hart of Delaware, Ohio? What do you think, Michael Welch of Columbus, Ohio? And my neighbor here in Lake Havasu, Bonnie, what do you think? I'd like to know. But right now, I know that music tells me that it is time for me to go. But before I go, I must leave you with something. Anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Until next time, it's been my honor.